Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the fall of 1987, four men find themselves reunited with childhood friends for the first time in ten years. They are drawn together by the mysterious death of a mentor they all cared for together as children. World of Darkness, The Ultimate Evil is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game that takes place in Bismarck, North Dakota and is inspired by the satanic panic of the 1980s. Remembrance is the first story arc that follows Alex, played by Adam B., Wayne, played by Adam C., Che, played by Andrew, and Michael, played by Slavic, as they discover the mysteries that surround them in their hometown. If you would like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Alright, so you guys come outside. Brian has his like big diesel truck, you know what I mean, started up and he's kind of propped the door open uh, for, for you guys to get in there and everything. And he's like, don't, don't look scared, boys. He's like, sometimes you just got to go by the seat of your pants, right? We don't all have to go in like his car, do we? Hey, we might. I mean, you can ride in, you can ride in yours if you want to. Just follow me. I don't care. I'm just being courteous. You know? All right. Cool, cool. So uh, do you guys all ride with uh, Che or do any of you ride with Brian? Or I'll ride with Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll ride with Che. All right. What about you, Michael? I ride with, uh, with the dude, with Brian. So you guys are driving there. Uh, do you guys want to talk? It's about a forty-five minute drive. Do you want to talk to? Do you want to talk to him at all, or are you just kind of guys just absorbing the the intensity as he's sitting there listening to like some classic rock in his truck as he's driving on? So I'm going to ask him uh, where where are we going to set this thing up? On the res, man. And he's sitting there, and he's like got the wheel of his truck, and he looks. Yeah, I take it you're sitting shotgun, and probably Mike's sitting in the back. He's like, I don't know if you know about your pal Che there, but uh, his grandfather's on the res, and he's got a pretty good reputation up there, man. He's known as being kind of a, not to use a corny term, but kind of known as a wise man. And he like goes to the wheel for a little bit, does air quotations, you know, and puts his hand back on the wheel. He's like, his his, uh, his grandpops has a uh, has a piece of land, has a few acres over there where he does, you know, stuff like this for uh you know, people of our tribe and everything, whenever we feel we need his kind of services. But uh, he doesn't mind if, you know, non-tribe members go there at all. His, his father's, act, his grandfather's actually kind of a, I don't know, kind of uh, unique in the fact that he kind of looks at wanting to be a help to people even outside the tribe, you know? So and I don't think Che had mentioned anything about his grandfather. No, either me or Mike, right? He okay. probably hadn't, I wouldn't think, yeah. Che's grandfather was really yeah, what happened was when and Che mentioned way back, but when Amanda, the Amanda thing happened, Che finally stood up to his dad and his yeah. dad and mom, who were like kind of fucked up, and his grandfather raised him, you know, kind of taught him some things and everything. So he's like, "Yeah, what happens? We go there, we put together this thing with his guidance. He's probably not gonna get too involved, and then uh, we fat, we don't eat while we do this. I think it's gonna take about six or seven hours. I don't know. We'll see what his pop says, his grandpa says, and." uh and then we go in there, man. I've only done this twice, and I'll tell you each time that I fucking done it, man. And he's looking back at you, Michael, as you're sitting in the truck. He's like, each time I fucking did it, and he like points. You can see like the vein on his forearm is all like, you know, just as intense as he is. He's like, I fucking walked out with some answers I've been looking for, man. I shit you not, dude. It's like the shit is new, 
new level shit, brother. New level shit, you know? And you see there's dog tags, like, on his rearview mirror, you know, like, and you could kind of, as you look at him, you see, like, it's his name and, like, U.S. Army and stuff like that, you know, and from when he was in and everything. He's like, so, any of you guys, we could say you guys small talk on the way there, unless you guys got anything else you want to bring up. What about you, Alex and Shay? Do you guys got anything to say on the way to the reservation, or are you guys just going to small talk or whatever? Alex will small talk and smoke. Just kind of, like, uh, tell him a little bit about this if he doesn't already, you know, fill in the blanks what it is. All right, so you guys are driving down the highway down south. You kind of go through, like, these like these these fields that exist where you kind of see, like, tall grass and some wheat that, that seems to be dying off. The sky is kind of grayish, you know, at the moment. You don't get a sense it's going to snow, but you definitely get a sense that it's fall. When fall in North Dakota is kind of, like, different than fall like in texas or somewhere you know what i mean like fall is like basically like a prelude to winter coming you know and so as you guys make your way down you start coming you see the truck slow down as you start seeing signs that saying like welcome to standing rock reservation as you as you guys make it past that sign you kind of can just sense like how time and entropy is like hit this 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 reservation you know where like you guys even in the neighborhood where Amanda was from, or even like the different neighborhoods in Bismarck, this, like the houses here, are, like extra ran down, like the paint has peeled off. You see iron, like tees and, 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 and side of the houses that are like where people would hang their clothes, for, you know, have hanging lines to, to hang their clothes to dry. You know, those are rusted. You see like, you see bikes that with like flat tires or no rims on there. You see like kids, they are playing in jackets that are too big for them, you know, native kids that are, that are kind of just looking at you as, as this big, loud truck drives by in this Jeep. You, you, you see there's like a little, little like gas station slash liquor store, but really like the roads, the potholes aren't even that well. Now, it's not like a third world country, but it's definitely not as well upkept as, you know what I mean, the areas of Bismarck that you're in. Shay, you kind of feel like this sense of being torn between like two worlds. You know what I mean? Because even Brian doesn't live on the res. You know what I mean? But like, like it's like it's like a constant reminder of a half of yourself. You know, of of like your roots. You follow though, and you know though where your father or your grandfather lives. He actually doesn't have like a big house, but he has a well taken care of house that he. You know what I mean? That he's been taken care of, lived in his whole life. You eventually get there's on the outer edges of the reservation as you go further in, kind of away from where most of the housing is at, and it has like a few acres of very short cut i won't i don't want to say grass but it's like you know like the tall grass is cut shorter and there's like a on the on the north end of it there's like a forest you know what i mean the edge of a forest a small grove of trees that are there you know what i mean the block off as you get up to the house you ride up to it it, it, it's uh, actually paved and it goes up to this driveway where there could be like probably fit like five cars wide and you see this house, it's made of brick, and it has, like, a wooden roof and everything like that. But I would say it's maybe about, it's one floor, but it's maybe about 3,000 square feet. You know, it's a rather larger, you know, house, but it's not, like, a snooty, well-off house. This is a house that your grandfather built with his own hands, you know what I mean, hands when he was younger or, or spent his money on in the back. And you know that in the back of this house is where there's a clearing where he likes to do different rights and stuff like that you know what i'm saying where he does stuff and you and as the truck pulls up to the driveway you see the door open up to the front 
of the house because you can hear the diesel truck of Brian's diesel coming up and you see a figure come walking out. He's wearing a plaid shirt, has uh, tucked into some blue jeans. He's about five foot three. He's not really a tall, you know what I mean, man, like Che is, but he has long white hair that's in a ponytail, very chiseled features like Che in a way, you know what I mean? But definitely time has taken their effect on them. And he's wearing some cowboy boots that are on underneath it. And he also has like the a belt buckle, you know what I mean? Like the normal cowboy belt buckle that's usually worn back then on there with some random design on there. And he's sitting there. I don't know where I get my uh, style from. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. And he's sitting there like drinking a cup of, you know, holding a cup of coffee in his hand as you got, as the truck comes rolling up and the Jeep. Brian gets out of the, of the truck, which is, you know, in front of the little convoy. And he's like, well, holy shit, old man. It looks like you almost knew we were getting here. What are you guys doing as Brian gets out and starts walking towards Che's grandfather? Um, I'll get out too, stretch my legs and kind of wait for everybody else to arrive and get out of the, their vehicle. You getting out too, Michael? Yeah. All right. You see Michael and Wayne yeah. getting out of, of uh, Brian's truck, Che, as you roll up behind him. Yeah. And uh, when I get a chance, I'll go out and uh, greet my grandpa, you know, big, big warm smile, hug, all that stuff. <laughs> you see Che go up to this like kind of smaller stature of a man, you know what I mean, and hug him, and you see that you know that he hugs him, and pats him on the back, and he, your grandfather looks up at you smiling. He's like, "It's good to see you back, young man. It's good to see you back." Brian here was telling me that uh, you guys are going to be in need of my is guidance in English today. or Lakota. In English, yeah. His is that you. Your grandfather is very respectful of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't want to He's come not across to be as exclusionary. Exactly, exactly. And he knows that there's people, you know, around who probably don't speak Lakota, you know. So he's like, Brian said you might be needing my services, I take it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And he looks at the, he looks at all three of you and he's like, hi. Hello. He's like, I'm his grandfather. Sometimes people call me old man, uh, or, or, uh, grandpops. And he looks up at Che. He's like, but you can call me Raymond. And he like sticks his hand out to you, Wayne, at first. Uh, I'm going to reach my hand out and, um, Try and shake his hand and try to be as respectful as possible. Hi, nice to meet you, sir. Uh, my name's Wayne. I'm a friend of your grandson's from a long time ago. Oh, I was going to say, I'm going to tell him, yeah, uh, say, these guys are um, part of that uh, youth group I used to be in. Oh, really? And he kind of like looks at each of you and nods your head. He's like, thank you for the sir, but with a man with such great hair like me, you don't need to call me sir. I think we're kind of like peers, you know? And he like pats you on the shoulder and he goes up. He goes up to you, Alex, and he extends his hand. He's like, how's it going, young man? Alex will uh, shake his hand. I'm well enough, Ray, yourself. Good, good. And he looks up at you. He's like, it's like you little, you look a little worn out there, buddy. Are you okay? Eh, I had a late night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet. And he looks up at you, Michael, and he's like, huh. And so you're, I get it. You're the, you're the serious one, huh? And he looks up at Oh, uh, you stand there, Michael, in front of you. Uh, only when I have to be, Raymond. Only when I have to be. There always needs to be a serious one when you have such awesome hair in the group. You know what I mean? You got to have a little bit of party, and then you got to have the little bit of the anchor there. And he extends his hand. He's like, "Nice to meet you." He's like, "I'm not going to sit here and uh, uh, right now." And he looks at you, Jay. I'm not going to be Chase's grandfather today. I'm going to be someone here who's going to help you guys uh, with whatever you guys are trying to figure out internally. And hopefully uh, guide you down the path, which you you feel you mean may need to go down. And he, uh, he's like, but first, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get you guys in the back there. And he he's like, first, before I have to ask, just out of respect, have any of you guys eaten this morning yet? 
well, we were having breakfast. Well, you just had coffee. You guys had coffee in front of you. You guys didn't even get around to ordering food, you know? She just put coffee in. Like, okay, he's like, Brian, uh, roll your truck around in the back. You uh, you four come with me. We got some tools we need to carry out. And you see he walks around, like, in the grass around this house and goes to the side. You guys kind of walk behind him and follow him. You smell, like, the, 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 the smell of the... It's a tall grass that's cut down. It's almost like a smell of hay a little bit. You can kind of smell the smell of dried dust a little bit because right now it's not really moist, you know, in the area of the reservation where he's at. And when he walks, you can kind of just smell, kind of absorbs you in a way, knowing that even though they're at their civilization and this house that is built here, that you're still in a way tied to the wilderness. Before we go around the side like that, um, I'm just going to say, hey, I'm going to go inside and say hi to Grandma. And he raises his eyebrow and he's like, "All right, all right, go go on ahead. Don't 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 be trying to like walk out of your uh, your share of the, li- the lifting here." And he kind of winks. Oh, at I'll you. just be a minute. I, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna talk the scene with them going to the shed, and then I'll cut to you and your grandmother there. You guys also see like little crickets, like kind of like grasshoppers, excuse me, like jumping once in a while. You know, you see gopher holes that occasionally in the ground there. And as you guys make your way and you follow him walking around about 100 feet, gets around the side, and you see that there's a shed. And as you walk in this back area, you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. You see that they're like, it, the, all the grass and everything has been plowed in the back and has been like, became dirt. It's like packed down dirt. You know what I mean? So there's really no vegetation growing in the back, just a tree line there. You know what I'm saying? You can see some of the trees have been cut down. You can see where like, looks like things might have been set up throughout this area, it's probably like a hundred yard area. It's pretty big. You know what I mean? Where there's like something might've been set up there. Like there's smudges in the dirt or, you know what I mean? But there's currently nothing set up there, but you see the shack, like a store, uh, a shed, excuse me. That's like about uh 10 feet by 10 feet or something like that. That's sitting there. And he kind of walks up and he, you see him pull out a keychain with a bunch of keys on there out of his pocket. And he sits there and he pops his lock and he pops it open. He's like, all right, gentlemen. He's like, I, I'm going to, you're going to need a few axes. A couple saws, uh, I think a pick and a shovel will probably be good. And he just kind of opens the door and looks at you three. So he kind of just motions for you guys to go get the stuff that's needed. I take it you guys grab the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go pick up whatever I can carry. All right. Maybe like a shovel and something. You're actually pretty comfortable with this kind of work. I'd say all you guys are. Michael's fit. Alex lifts up cases of liquor and beer and, and kegs. All those sure. boxes of booze. Yeah. And, and you with the, in the, in the, in the, and the uh, convenience store and everything like that. So you carry him up front as you guys are carrying him to the back. As you carry it to the back, you see Brian and his big old pickup truck just comes driving past you guys, like kicking up dust. And you know what I mean? It's like, you, it rolls over and he like, like spins it a little bit and then backs up to where the back is facing this open clearing. And he jumps out and he pops down, he pops the, the bed of his truck and he kind of motions for you guys to put the tools there, you know? Shay, you open the door and as you open the door, you step onto uh, this tile and you hear this real like, like silence that always resides in, in your grandparents' house, like a comforting silence. You hear like this gen- gentle, like ticking of like a grandfather clock that's in your, and that's in your, uh, grandfather's study. But in here, there's a living room. There's actually not a TV. There's just like bookshelves with books and like this nice, like leather couch, you know, rustic Western looking, you know what I mean? Leather couch and everything like that that has like little wooden pegs, you know, and the cushions and stuff like that. There's like some 
end table, you see there's like a beautiful painting of like a of like a bunch of horses that are running along a, like a, a skyline, like a prairie skyline. There's a fireplace that's used during the winter. As you open the door, you hear like the, like the, the door opening up and you see your grandmother standing there. Your grandmother's just about as short as your grandfather, but she, her hair, she's cut her hair shorter, like trying to be fashionable in like the 80s woman style you know what i mean she's still somewhat slender and athletic but her hair is just as white as your grandfather's she sees you right away and she smiles and she like walks up to you like rather quickly with her arms extended and kind of hugs you and puts her awkwardly put her puts her head into your chest which she's been doing since you're like 13 because you're yeah. taller than both of you know what i mean you're taller than both of them but just kind of like sits there for for a minute holding you and she looks up at you and she's like <laughs> she smiles and she's like uh your grandfather was telling me about some of your difficulties you were having. He didn't give me details. And she just looks up at you like she's expecting you to fill her in or something to that extent. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's just good to see you. She kind of puts her hand, like her old, like, wizened, wizened hand, you know what I mean? That, like, up to you, onto your cheek. And she just kind of, like, gently, like, pats it a couple times and puts her other one up. And she's like, remember, you were strong, Che. You remember that, right? Remember what you went through through your childhood. That happened for a reason puts her hands down and turns around and walks like towards the kitchen area expecting you to follow. She's like, your mother was, I don't know what happened with your mother. You know, your mother, I don't want to say she's a disappointment, but you're not your mother's child. You're our child. Do you understand? I'm just kind of not your mother. And she see as she was in the, you see her like in the kitchen there, she was doing some preserves, you know, putting stuff in preservative jars. You know, she has a garden on the side of the house that they didn't walk around. She's like, I suppose you should be going out there. Your grandfather's been expecting you and your friends. Yeah, I've she got a lot of work to do. Just, yeah, she looks so, I had to come inside and say hi. Yeah, she, she's like, she smiles at you warmly. She's like, you be careful, okay, Che? I will. I, I, I've missed you. She's like, she's nice. She's like, you missed my preservatives. And she like motions towards, you know, these green beans that she's put in there. Knowing damn well you hated vegetables when you were a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go out the back door. As you go out the back door, you kind of see, like, that's when you see them putting up the tools on there. And Brian, you know, he put down the bed of the truck. And you see uh, Raymond kind of motions for you guys to come around him. And he's like, listen, he's like, Brian knows here are the instructions on what needs to be built. This is going to take you guys a while. And he's like, while you're doing this, I suggest that you start reflecting on the answers that you want to find when you go through this, when this is all said and done. You can talk amongst each other if you want. Uh, some prefer not to. Uh, uh, and he looks at Che and he's like, He's like, some believe that inner reflection is what's required. So maybe that's what you need at this moment. I'll be watching. And just remember that this is, this work, while it may seem a little laborious, is going to hopefully give you the answers that you seek. And he just turns around and walks off. He's like, all right, Brian. And he goes back and you see him go back in the door. You see Brian, like, looks at you all with a shitty grin on his face. And he goes in his car and he, like, starts his truck up, excuse me. And you see, like, what the fuck? And you hear, like, you hear the sound of him pushing in a tape and you hear, CCR start blasting through his truck speakers and uh, you hear bad mood, bad mood and rising going. And he looks at, he's like, doesn't say anything about, we can't play music. Shit. And he like, and he starts directing you guys to different tasks that you have to do. This six hours goes by like in a haze because at first, you know, every like Brian is like sitting there whistling, singing along. I just wanted to say that during this whole time, if anyone pays attention, like from a moment I, I turned off, my jeep till whenever we leave like this whole time che is just kind of uh 
he's more at ease, relaxed, and just has a smile, like a faint hint of a smile on his face, almost at all times. That's rad. What about you guys? How are you guys reacting to... Well, let me describe what's going on, and then I'll get your guys' reactions. How about that? So, like, as the six hours goes by, you see, like, Brian goes from being all upbeat to, like, introverted in a way. He, you'll ask him, like, what needs to be done next, but it's almost like communication is cut between him and you guys. Does that make sense? Like, where he tries to use the minimal amount of words to explain, you know what I mean, what has to be done next. And it goes from first where, like, he's, like, just wearing that brown shirt to where he starts t- he takes off the shirt, even though it's kind of a little brisk out there. I would say it's probably, like, 65 degrees. You know what I mean? He's building up a, a sweat. Like, you guys are going into the tree line. You've had to cut down a couple of the trees. You're sawing them. You know what I mean? You're stripping them. You're digging a hole. You're starting to pin this stuff in. You're starting to take, like, like thin out the tree bark, like, to make it bendable to where you can build, like, an overarching arc connected to this lodge that you guys are making. Uh, how are you guys during all this, this six hours of not eating? And you're drinking water. There's a, you know, it, the grandfather puts, like, this orange, you know what I mean, water thing where you can get water if you need to. Usually you guys have been sticking your head underneath there because there's not like cups or anything like that to get some of the water. How's your guys' demeanor when, when, when doing all this? Like Che explained. Okay, so once I start to get into the uh, rhythm of like the work and stuff like that, uh, I'm going to kind of like sink into a deep thought and I'm going to think about Amanda and I'm going to think about you know, just like how how great she was and, you know, how beautiful she was and stuff like that. I'm going to think about my family, think about the family that, that I, I, I think Brian has lost, you know, but I'm not definite. I just got like a, you know, impression and I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of pondering on all that and just like, hopefully I'm just hoping that I'll get some answers find some answers within myself. I, I hope it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm giving it a chance. Like, I don't think it's bullshit. I, I think it could definitely work. Like it, it seems very real right now. Like everything that we're doing. Plus you've been very optimistic during all this, you know, like, yeah, that change yes. in nature where you're like giving up on life to now where it's like the 180, you know, so that definitely makes sense there. What about you, Alex? Alex is going to be uh, pretty withdrawn. During the whole process, he'll focus on the work, you know, trying to fight the urge to seek out the nearest source of alcohol. And he'll just sort of take a chance to breathe now that he's not in the city, not in his life right now as far as he's concerned. So he's trying to take a moment to sort of collect himself. It's almost like a detox in a way for you, like like a mini detox, like... Fighting the urge and then like clearing yourself. Like a mental in a way. detox. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you, uh, Michael? Similar in that he probably wouldn't be talking too much. He'd just be focusing on the work and only on the work. Just, you know, trying to keep his head in the game and gotcha. seeing what comes of it. So throughout the six hours, you guys have built and you see before you this, this lodge in a way. It's about 12 feet in diameter and it kind of arches. You know what I mean? With like the bendable bark slash thin wood, you know, that, that can make the arch. It has sod in, in different forms of earth that are kind of over it. You know what I mean? To provide like an outer layer to it. But there's like a, like about a three foot wide, like little arch to where you can't walk underneath there, but you have to get on your knees to crawl into there. And, and, and Ryan explains that the crawling on your knees to get in there signifies you being humble when you go in there and humble when you go out 
to find your answers. And also on the top of this arch, there's a very minimal, very small hole about six feet in diameter. So some of this, you know what I mean? This heat can come out, but it's like, you definitely through just common sense, you realize it's going to be a sauna on there. Eventually there's a hole that's dug in the middle. That's about three feet by three feet. And there's a lot of like, uh, there's a fire going on in there and there's like a grating kind of on top where there's like a lot of stones that are piled up. You can't really see the fire too much. You know what I mean? But these stones, they're huge stones. There's like about 20 of them, you know, they're, they're piled on top of this grating on top of this hole. And you could tell they're hot. You've even like gone, you know what I mean? Kind of like sensed it when, when uh, Raymond has gone in there to set it up. And when Brian and you guys had to go in there and do a couple of things, you know, finally it's all said and done. You see that Raymond brings these buckets of water within there as, as he's bringing them in. There's about like uh, three, you know, like good, I would say two gallon buckets, you know what I mean? Of water that are, that's sitting there. And you guys are finally all standing outside there, just kind of like sweaty, withdrawn. And you see Raymond comes by and, uh, you see Brian already went to his truck and he, he stripped down. You can see just his back and he's obviously facing away from you guys, you know, for privacy. And he puts on these, these shorts that are like almost like those track shorts that you see that are kind of shorter, but they're like OD green. They're military green. They're obviously something from when he was in the military. You see his body's very toned, but he, he uh, very almost ropey and it's strength. And he turns around and he starts walking back to you guys. You see Raymond has stepped out and he's wearing some similar shorter khaki shorts and he has in his hand like jogging shorts that are similar to that, you know, and he kind of tosses them to you guys. He's like, you guys are going to want to wear these within there. He's like, I hope I got the right sizes. He's like, you guys can change inside or you can change out there. We don't, we won't be looking. It doesn't matter to me. You guys just go ahead and put them on. I take it like go somewhere and put them on. Yeah. I'm going to change into the shorts. I don't really give a fuck about the privacy or anything. It's whatever at this point. Uh, Yeah. No shame. Just no no time to be modest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I take it you, uh, Michael and Alex, like, oh, fuck no. Not his way. Like, the, you guys put on the shorts. Yeah. So he's like, he explains to you, like, listen, this is what's going to happen. And you can sense, like, the seriousness. Like, you know how Raymond, who's normally, like, kind of a little, I don't want to say jokester, but, you know, he he's personable. And you can see when he's talking, even, like, the lines along his mouth aren't jolly anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're, like, they got a stern look. And he's like, we're going to go in there. I'm going to go first. And you all will follow me on your knees to show that you come in here humble, searching. You're not coming in here with an ego. You're leaving it outside these door, that door. When we go in there, you all take a seat. You're all going to sit there. Um, you're going to hear me. I'm going to be gently chanting, okay? You're going to hear, and I have a little drum in there that I will be hitting upon. That's me. I'm your anchor. You may get lost. You may start thinking thoughts, but just remember, if you hear that drum, that you're anchored to me, okay? And he's like, There'll be three times when I set steam in there. The first is when you're situated sitting in there, and there'll be a second time it'll get hotter, and then finally there'll be a third time. I'm going to tell you this for your own safety. If you feel that you cannot take the heat, you leave. I do not want you losing your life here, okay? But I will tell you this. I have not yet seen that, and I've seen plenty of men of weaker nature and weaker strength than you guys being able to do this. No problem. Do you understand? It kind of looks at you for some kind of, you know what I mean? Like recognition like that. So I love you all. We will be connected after this. And we are connected now. It's like, follow me. 
and I hope you find what you're searching for. And you see this old man kind of like get on his knees and he climbs through the hole opening there. You guys all climb in after him. And then Brian goes in last. You see, as you guys are climbing, you climb in there and you kind of sit up and you're, it's dark and you see like this, you feel the heat already from the fire. You know what I mean? But it's not a wet heat yet. And you see this little hole up above 12 feet and you see Raymond sits down, not to be derogatory, but in an Indian style, not using it because he's in, you know what I mean? Because it's more comfortable in that situation. And you see Brian kind of closes a flap, like this leather flap that's on the inside to close that. You know what I mean? The outer, little entryway that you came into and you guys are all sitting there within here. And it almost feels like that feeling. I don't know, as a kid, if you, you ever made snow forts or little forts and you're like, Oh, I'm hidden from the rest of the world. This is my creation. Like that's the kind of a feeling you got now, but it's darker, you know, it's not bright in here at all. You know, you just have that little light there that's coming down on the top, but it's not pitch dark. because It's very dim. You know what I mean? But not to where you can see things clearly. Slowly you hear Raymond moving a little bit and as you're sitting there, you hear him start dumping. Like, he takes water from, like, this huge ladle scoop, and he starts pouring it on the rocks. And as you guys are seeing it pouring, steam starts coming up. And it's like these little waves of, like, moisture and heat start hitting you. And it seems like that's going on endlessly until finally, like, you're looking. And you're like, Wayne, you go look. It's like, it's like Che, Wayne, Michael, and Alex. Like you guys are sitting like that in an arc. You know what I mean? And Brian is kind of like sitting next across from you guys, sitting next to Raymond. And you start seeing where like you can look at first, you can look next to the person who's sitting next to you to your left and right. But then eventually the mist kind of just makes it to where you can't make out their features as well as you make it. And eventually like you feel like this, this barrier comes down amongst each other. You start feeling lightheaded a little bit. Like you feel that like you're breathing and you're trying to like feel a little sense of dizziness while you're doing this. You feel, you hear the drum start slowly. Doom, 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 doom. And you hear like a little, like almost like a chanting in the background. You're not even sure if it's a voice, but you could kind of hear like, uh, like in the background, like slowly, like, like you're almost like, what is that sound? Like you're finding a really, like you're trying to grasp it. Like a throaty vocalization. Yeah, but it's like, but when you're trying to find the source of it, think of the source, your brain like tries to grasp onto it and it just slips from your brain's fingers. You know what I mean? Like when you're trying to, but it's there, it's like part of, of, of the environment that's around you. Okay. You're sitting there and you're, you're like looking at your right and you see Wayne and like Wayne's just like, you see him kind of like, you can't tell if his eyes are open, but you can make his mustache. You see Wayne's hair is like damp to his side. Cause I think probably Wayne took off his ponytail, whatever. You see, it's just kind of clinging to the side of his face. And you see like his body there and you're looking and you're like, what the fuck? And you turn around and you look forward and you see someone sitting across from you, clear as day. For a second, you're taken aback by who it is because it's this white man. He has like this long, like brown, greasy beard and like a brown, greasy hair. And he has like splotches all over his face. And he says, he's like, look at you, you little shit. You ain't the fucking loser I was, are you? And you, as you as you hear his voice, you, re, you realize that this is your father that's sitting across from you who said it. And you see he has, like, this smirk as he's staring, like, sitting across from you, looking at you. You're just going to sit there, you little shit? You ain't got nothing to say? You think you're better than me? Threw me and your fucking mother under the bus? You think you're going to live here like some fucking engine now? Is that what you're going to do? Um, Che doesn't uh, react to this. He just He just kind of, uh, I'm looking at it like a, like a test, you know, like, uh, yeah. he's kind of just gonna 
calm himself, keep himself stable and not uh, distracted by these uh, doubts that are coming to surface. So you're going to stand there and you're going to look at me, huh? You're going to pass judgment. Is that what you're doing now? You're not going to wonder why I became the man that I became? You think I was born this way? You think I chose to live a fucking life like this? You think I chose to have a fucking kid that I knew I couldn't take care of? You got nothing to say to me, do you? You don't think I have any fucking answers for you, do you? You're like all those fucking people who looked down on me my whole fucking life. What makes you any fucking better than them, you little shit? You ever fucking put yourself in my shoes? You just sit there. He he doesn't... Like he, he tries to maintain his composure and not not say anything at all, not not take any bait. Like he's looking at it like a, you know, this is a temptation. No, not temptation. Just this is his inner doubts trying to like yeah. like he's bringing them down, well, and I'm well, yeah, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give into it. I'm not gonna give into the toxicity, the the yeah. all the shit he used to hear from from his his, his dad, and he's just gonna. He's going to look at it as like, it's, this is, it's not worth it. I like that. It's not worth saying anything. And as when you're sitting there and you're, you're like, you know, you're looking in your lap and you're sitting there and you kind of like come over that realization, it clicks in your head, right? That like, I'm not going to fucking let this man, you know what I mean? Like, like take control yeah. of, my, of me like that. You kind of see like the demeanor of your father change from very aggressive look to very relaxed look. And he smiles at you and he looks at you. He's like, you really aren't like me, are you? I just kind of shake my head. Yeah. And I won't say anything. Yeah, it's all right. I understand. I know you're not. And then really, between us, I kind of hoped you'd have a better life than me. Me and your fucking mother, we made mistakes. We made the wrong fucking choices. And we deserved what came to us. And I'm happy that you became the man that you became. Everyone's happy. That old fucking engine behind me right over there. And you sit, kind of see him turn around looking. As you look at the direction that he looks at, you see your grandfather sitting there. You know what I mean? Like, like not even looking at you, but just like beating on the drum and humming with his hair down on his face. He's like, he's fucking proud of you. We're all fucking proud of you. And you see this guy look around here. He's like, I don't know what you're fucking doing, man. I just know you sure as hell ain't fucking me. I fucking love that about you. And as you're sitting there like focusing on it, you see him kind of dissipate. Wayne, you're sitting there. And you kind of just see, like, for a second, you're, like, looking over, like, in a daze. You know what I mean? And you see Che just kind of, like, shaking his head for a little bit. But, like, you don't see – you know what I mean? Like, you don't see anything around him or anything that I describe. As you're sitting there and you're, like, looking at Che, you kind of, like you, – you're looking towards him. Because you can kind of see where you're sitting at. You kind of see, like, under some of the rocks, you see a little flame, like, coming out. A little, little illumination. And as you turn around to go back to look at that illumination, almost like you're intoxicated in a way, because it's very intoxicating experience that you guys are all experiencing. You look and you see that, wait, where are the flames? And you see that, like the, like the whole source of little brightness is blocked out. And you're like looking and you're like, why is everything white? And then as you see, you realize you're, you're seeing like, 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 like a fabric and, and you, and you look up the fabric and you see it continues to go and you look up. And you see your father, who's in a complete white suit, looking down on you. And it's almost like you for a second have this this, this memory of, of when you were a kid. You know how kids always have that memory of looking up to their father and, and, and like seeing like a godhead? You know what I mean? Someone who is superhuman. My dad has lived a fucking 110 years, you know, kind of thing. An awe, you feel that. But you sense, it's a sense of warmth. Like he's looking down on you. 
and you see like a brightness like almost comes from behind his head you know almost in a way like a halo you know like the stuff that your father had preached and that your father had had wanted to instill in you you see that embodied and you see him like set his hand he like offers his hand to you like he wants to help you up uh with tears in my eyes i'm just gonna reach up and try to try to take his hand he, he he gently pulls you up che, as you're sitting there and you're like what the fuck happened to my dad you know what i mean you're sitting there shaking your head you look and you see wayne getting up wayne's just standing up and you see wayne looking up and and uh, uh alex you're sitting there or excuse me michael you're sitting there because you're next to wayne to his right and you're like what the fuck you're sitting there and you look and you see like wayne like starting to stand up before you and it's almost like he looks like a giant in a way as, as you guys look up to him because you're so rooted down to the ground it feels like wayne as you as you're sitting there looking uh stand up you're, you're you're facing him he 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 hugs you and you hear him whisper in his ear he says i'm so proud of you son he's like you ended up being the man that i wanted you to be and he like sits back you know and he like holds you by his shoulder and he just kind of is looking at you with a warm smile on his face i'm just gonna stare back just can't come up with the words for the situation because yeah you know throughout throughout Wayne's life you know his his dad and you know didn't act like he like he you know he acted like Wayne was more of kind of like a disappointment so just to hear him say that it's just even if it's not real it just means so much oh yeah definitely he sits there and he like slowly like starts to take your hair and like put it behind your ears you know what I mean because it's kind of like plastered to the side of your face and he's like son yeah, I was, I let jealousy, I sinned, I let jealousy and envy get my way. I knew you were going to be better than me. I knew that you were going to be more pure than I, that you were bound to do great things. I just could not, I couldn't accept that. And it's not your fault. None of this stuff is your fault. Do you understand me? No matter what anyone tells you or may tell you, my death and your brother's death is not your fault. I want you to remember that. You understand? And he just kind of is standing there looking at you and he kisses you on the forehead. And as you close your eyes and you open, like you almost want to say something to him, he's gone. And you realize that you're just standing there and you're looking down at, at each other. And you find yourself slowly, like gravity's pulling you down to sit back down. Michael, you're sitting there like looking at him and you're like, see him standing up and sitting back down. You're like, what the fuck? And you turn around and look and you're like, holy shit. And there's someone like right in front of you, like I would say six inches from your face. And you're like, holy shit, you, you don't, like, you've never seen this man before at first. He He's bare-chested, he's wearing blue jeans, he's sitting Indian style too, and he has, like, slicked back, grease, greased blonde hair, like like people used to wear it, kind of like in the 60s, you know what I mean, late 60s. And he, and he sits there and he has, like, this, he's bare-chested, and you see he has, like, these little, like, these little gashes in his, abdom- in his abdominal area, in his region. And he's looking at you. He's like, you still doubt me, Michael. You still doubt me. And he looks down at one of his wounds and he like puts his, and he puts his finger in one of the wounds and he's looking at you. He's like, are you still doubting Thomas? You are still doubting Thomas. Do you need to feel my wound before you believe, before you have faith? Yeah. I'll probably outstretch my arm, you know? Yeah. And you feel as you outstretch your arm, you kind of like feel your finger touch what feels like a wet wound, you know? And he, you see this guy looking down at, you know, looking down at it, and he looks up at you. And as you touch that wound and you look into his eyes, 
you realize that this is the pictures that you've seen of your father, you know, from very bad, like first version of colored Polaroids, you know what I mean? That your mom kind of kept in a, in a, in a picture book that you discovered on your own, digging through her stuff when she was at work, you know what I mean? One day. And he kind of looks at you and he's like, you, he's like, you're, you believe now, don't you? I nod my head. So you accept it? Do you accept your fate? Do you accept what you need to do? I'll do what I need to do, but I'll never accept faith. And he smiles. And, he, and you see as he, like, slowly pulls a finger out one of his wounds, he sits there and he, like, you, see, you feel like him take his finger and put it upon your forehead. And you can kind of feel, like, like the shape of, like, a cross that he's, like, almost, like, putting on your forehead there. You feel a wetness as he does that, but you can't tell if it's blood or what it may be. You're Wayne. As you're sitting there, sit down, you're looking... And you're like, what the fuck? And, you, and you're trying to focus. And you, you, you see, like, steam, you know, the steam and everything. But you swear you see, like, you can't see anything on his forehead. But it looks like, you know, how, like, you look at your skin when you press along your skin, you know. You can see that on his forehead, but you don't see anything that's causing it. And you just see, like, Michael just staring ahead. You saw his finger before that kind of lift up like he was touching something. And then his finger came back as that happened. Alex, as you're sitting there, you're looking over at Michael like in this haze, and you see the other three, you know, kind of figuring there, and you're like, you're, you're, it's almost like a, I hate to use this analogy because I don't want anyone to incriminate themselves, but it's like the first time you did a drug ever. Yeah, I'm not talking, I'm like recreational drugs or drank, and you're like, am I drunk yet? Or am I high yet? You know what I mean? You're sitting there like anticipating, <laughs> anticipating, anticipating. You've been doing that. Now you feel dazed. You know what I mean? You feel drawn in your, but you hear the drums and you're looking around and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why am I not, why am I not feeling anything? You know? And as you're sitting around, you look, you say, Hey, you little shit. You hear the voice like coming right from your side of your face and you look and you're like, what the fuck? And you see to your right, there's this huge, like dark, face that's looking at you that has like flames that are coming out from the background you little fucking shit you thought you could fucking stop me before you don't know when to fucking stop huh i'm here don't get in my fucking way again you motherfucker because i'm gonna make sure that this time i don't fucking let you live this time i'm gonna make sure you die that you die fucking slow and die fucking painful and you're gonna be reminded constantly over and fucking over and over again like you already are now you little shit don't you ever fucking get in my goddamn fucking way again and as that as that almost when he says get in my way again you hear like it's like a snapping sound and you three hear like a screaming coming from alex as he's sitting there like sitting indian style that almost like snaps you in a way slowly um back to i don't want to say reality but to the fact that okay holy shit i'm sitting in this hut you know what i mean like i feel like the steam and then you hear the sound of cascading water coming down on the rocks again as you look and you see Raymond dumping water more on these rocks. Tell, tell me what's going on in your character's mind. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Alex. <laughs> Alex, what, 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 what's going on in Alex's mind at this moment? He is shit terrified, starts hyperventilating, and probably starts scratching at his uh, inner arms again. Yeah, I would say it's pretty... Maybe rocking to, like, forward and back a little bit. Wayne, what, what's your character thinking? <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about how I just saw an image of my dad, and for once he wasn't like, you're a piece of shit. He was, you know, telling me what I always needed to hear. And I just feel like a, like a burden has kind of been lifted a little bit. 
And I, I don't know. Very nice. You know? Yeah, definitely. I would say that. Like, like it's almost like an extra battery for your Energizer battery change in life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, there ain't no stopping Wayne fucking Coleman now, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? What What about you, Che? What's your How's your character reacting? I feel uh, more resolved on this path that uh, I've set myself down. I feel like uh, this was like um, this experience is something that. Um, has kind of settled any doubts that any lingering doubts I had about what I was doing, you know, that this, yeah. just, this was just like my mind just trying to tell me, you know, you're not good enough for anything. And, and this is me saying, no, no, I am. I don't need to respond to this crap and uh, I don't have to live with it anymore. And I'm better than this. Sweet. Amen, dude. What about you, Michael? Yeah. So he's a lot more re uh, reinvigorated, like, really motivated that he's going to find out what's what's going to ha- happen and, you know yeah. really f- full of i guess m- motivation or power so you guys are sitting there as you hear this spray and there's a there's a connection where you all three are kind of looking at each other and you realize like okay we're all in here together and as you guys are sitting there looking at each other you look back to the flames as he's pouring more water and you see this lady sitting on the rocks and she's like sitting with like her legs, not taste, not tastelessly a little bit open. She's naked. She's a native American chick. You see her long, beautiful, like just like dark, dark black jet raven hair, like coming down. She's bare chested. She has very firm breasts that are, are, are not to sound like, I'm not trying to say it in a sexual way, but you know what I mean? That are, 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 smaller but still have the firmness of youth to them she has very warm almond shaped eyes that are a lighter brown not a darker brown che you straight up remember this chick because this is the chick that you had the dream about that you're making love that weird vision when i was uh jogging yeah that weird that weird vision uh of when you're jogging you other three haven't hadn't seen this chick except for michael michael this is the chick's face that you saw in that vision when you came upon charlie's dead body after he killed himself you remember told you had that vision where this female and charlie young charlie were like face to face and then looks like she like like got like my something happened to her and then like blood splurred out of her mouth and charlie's face she's sitting there she's she's looking at all you warmly like 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 you know what i mean kind of looks at each and one of you and there's even a moment where like you guys are looking at each other and you look back at her and you kind of like without communicating get this realize that this is you all see this vision you know and she uh, looks at you like in a motherly way. And almost for those of you who, especially you, Wayne, kind of like she almost sits to you like the Virgin Mary. You know what I mean? Almost regal in the way that she sits and looks upon you guys, you know. And she smiles warmly and she's like, you all need not worry about that house. Do you understand? That house isn't important. What is important is that you find the haven that the monster hit himself in and did his things in. It needs to be purified. It needs to be burnt and raised to the ground. You all need to remember. You guys have to remember. I want you guys to remember, but I can't make you remember. It's something that you have to do on your own. And as you sit there, like, realizing, like, sitting there listening to her talk, like, to you, it only seems like that she's only spoken for, like, five minutes. But as she's sitting there talking to you, all of a sudden you see, like, 
Raymond come up behind her and you're almost like want to plead to him like, no, don't, don't, don't make her go away. Don't make her, you know what I mean? Don't make her disappear. And as he sits there and you see him take another ladle and he starts pouring more water on the rocks as she slowly dissipates. As you guys are sitting there and you see Raymond start dumping the water in the form of this female slowly dissipating, you're looking around and it's like almost like everything disappears around you guys. And it's, it's, the heat at first is intense. It's almost like going through, like, it's almost like having a hairdryer blown on you and like walking into hot wind and you're sitting there, what the fuck? And it is it's disheartening. And, and there's a second where you're like, I don't know if I can handle this. And slow panic starts coming in. And then all of a sudden, just everything just stops and, and, you, and you don't feel that heat anymore. And it's like, you realize your eyes are closed because your, your, your body, you weren't able to handle and you open your eyes and you just see grass like tall grass at first and then you 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 see stars and a clear night sky and and you and, and you look to your right and to your left and you see each other standing in this grass you're all still dressed the same you're still soaked in sweat but then you hear you hear a, a truck go by like like a semi and, and you're like what the fuck and you hear and you look and you realize there's a highway and you, and, and and then slowly you start hearing like talking and you look and you see a truck stop off in the distance. And, and then as you focus back to the talk and you look and you see like 10 figures like huddling. Uh, you see a couple tents. You see like a lantern or two going. And you see like like 10 BMX bikes or bicycles of different sort that are laying in the ground. And you hear like the prepubescent talking of what you can only imagine to be teenagers. And slowly the memory comes back to you guys of you guys sitting in here. And, and camping out. Actually, a couple of you guys had had memories of this when you guys came, went to the truck stop to talk to Dora, looking out this field. A couple of you guys had a couple clear snaps of memories of like camping out there and looking at the stars. Now, in this scene, you guys can talk amongst each other if you want. I'm not saying you have to, but you definitely can free move. But you can't involve yourself in the scene. It's almost like you're an outside spectator who, like, if you were walked to try to move something, you couldn't move it. You know what I mean? Like, your hand would go through it. You know, you can't control the environment or the scene, but you can move around. And as you guys realize what you are, then all of a sudden, it's like almost like you got forced to within about four feet of them. And as you're standing there watching, you hear one kid, and, 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 you, and you know that it's Alex. And Alex, you recognize yourself as a kid. Explain to us what you look like as a kid, matter of fact. Let's take this opportunity real quick. Like, uh, he's got sort of long, maybe shoulder chin length, unkempt hair. He's still very, very skinny, still has very blue eyes. Um, probably got some bumps and scrapes on his arms, a few bruises here and there. He's wearing, uh, threadbare jeans and an old t-shirt that has definitely seen better days. Probably some beat up shoes. All right. Not a lot uh, of money in his family when he was a kid. Exactly. You see, uh. Alex being like, you know what? You know what we fucking should do? We should egg that motherfucker's house. I swear to God. We go there and we egg that motherfucker's house. And we show this asshole that he doesn't fuck with Amanda. And that, and that we're the ones. And, and, you know, maybe we could tell her that we did it. And maybe she'll think that, you know, maybe she'll be happy that we, we egg that motherfucker's house. And we tell him a lesson not to fuck with her. As you guys are, are standing there watching it, you see a, a kid that you all remember to be Michael who's standing there and he's kind of like standing while everyone's sitting. You see Michael, like Alex looks at Michael 
and you kind of see like Michael just like nodding his head. Tell us what Michael looks like at this age and what he looks like this night, Slavic. But he'd probably be pretty tall and uh, have a, I guess, permanent bitch face sort of thing going on. <laughs> permanent bitch face. <laughs> like angry all the time? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like pissed off face. Uh, so you see like all the other kids, like they kind of like generally like are, 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 you know, like, yeah, fuck this dude. And all of a sudden it becomes like, you know what I mean? Like 10 of them, like, yeah, let's go fucking, let's fucking fuck him up. And you see Alex make, well, just for the occasion, I did bring some eggs. And you see them all laughing as he like pulls out his backpack and you see him pulling out like two cartons of eggs. And you see everyone's like, fuck yeah. And there's, cause like I said, there's two tents or three tents that y'all are sharing out here. And you see people like grabbing their bags or grabbing their bikes. Uh, uh, and they're like riding off. You see Alex sling it over and you see Mike like pat Alex on the back. You know what I mean? Like fucking good job, man. You know, and as they, you all, they get all their bikes and they start taking off. You feel yourselves being drawn to follow them. You know what I mean? Like you're walking, but you find oddly like your paces are keeping up with their bike ride for five miles. They're riding past like the fucking the apartment complex that 10 years later, you guys were talking to Johnny Vaughn and you know what I mean? They're riding down like the streets to get closer to the Capitol building that you guys were just driving your Jeep down. You know what I mean? When you're looking into the house, you guys slowly come upon fourth street as on the corner of fourth and, and Wichita street, Fourth Street's the, the, the street that that house lays on. You guys realize, okay, okay, it's time to go into tactical mode. And you guys hide your bikes behind people's bushes. You know what I mean? Whose lights are out. You know what I'm saying? You guys put stuff down, try to hide your stuff to where you know, like, if shit goes wrong, you guys can run and grab your bikes, you know what I mean, and take off because you guys are going to have to covertly sneak over to their house. So as you guys are making it, 10 kids, you guys are slowly walking along. You're kind of like... You go along 4th Street, you go on the side of the one house, you look and make sure there's no one like driving down the road, and then you cross the street all silently, and you rush to the side of another house to make sure that no one sees behind some bushes. You're looking to make sure there's no lights on, because it's about like 12 or 1 in the morning, you know? You guys are slowly creeping, because you got about three houses you got to go down before you get to the house of the of the asshole who, who fucking Michael saw, you know, that lived there, who, who had uh, confronted Amanda. So as you guys slowly get to the house you see that the lights are on and you see that there's a big picture window in the front, but they have their curtains closed. But then you guys see on the side of the house, the right side of the house, there's this little window. You know what I mean? That, that could be through. It's probably like three foot by four foot. So you see Wayne, who a kid that you know to be Wayne, look, I don't know if you want to describe Wayne, what Wayne would be wearing right now or, or what he looks like right now, but go ahead. Um, so pretty much I just imagine Wayne looking like a younger version of the way he looks now. Uh, still has, like, long hair, probably some acne and stuff, probably just, like, a random-ass t-shirt, something-something middle school or whatever the fuck. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You know, just like what, yeah, that's it pretty much. Nice. So you see Wayne, like, kind of, like, grab a kid that you know to be Che, Che, if you want to describe what, what your character looks like at this moment, you can go ahead and do that too. He uh, he would probably be wearing like uh, like uh, overalls and like a, a, a button up like polo like shirt underneath. You know, that's like button neither one in like very good condition, kind of dirty and like uh, frayed around it's the edges. Grimy, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you see, Wayne kind of like taps you 
the kid version of you on the shoulder and he's like motion like prop me up man so i can look in this fucking window you know what i mean so yeah. like you kind of like he gets on your shoulders and you kind of like sit there and prop him up <laughs> and you see wayne like like pull himself over a little bit and like get his his eyes over and it's almost like you guys are thrust forward to where your faces are next to kid wayne's faces looking in you know like here's his face and like all four of your faces are around looking in the window at the same time as him in this window you see a young Jay Bishop and Dora that they're wearing like these, like uh, all the lights are off first in this area, except for two red candles that are lit in the dining room table. And you see these three people on there, two or one's Dora and one's Jay. And they're wearing these black robes and, and, and that kind of have like a hood over them. And you're looking at them and part of you guys are honestly like, what? Like, this is corny. You know what I mean? Like, like it's spooky, but you're like, this is kind of fucking corny. You know what I mean? Corny when you guys, or when, you know, Wayne sees this. Excuse me. That's what young Wayne's thinking. You guys are viewing this. I don't know how you feel about it right now. But then there's a figure in there, too, who you guys recognize to be Charlie Vaughn. He has, like, a black turtleneck on. He has, like, black jeans. And you see him. He's talking to the two. And you see that the two figures nod to him, and they go to the basement door. And I believe it was Wayne who looked at the house in modern day that went down this basement door. You know what I mean? I got eerie feelings. So these two figures, Jay and Dora in their robes, walk down the basement door. And you see, like, Charlie look around. And then you, you hear, like, a knock on this. Because they're, like, in the dining room kitchen area. You see her knock. And he, like, you see him go over to the, the back door in the kitchen. And he, like, opens the door. Okay? And then so... At this point, Wayne gets down. Young Wayne, you see him whispering to some of the kids. And he's like, there's two people going down there. And someone's knocking on the door over there. And you kind of see, like, a sense of panic by some of the kids. Some of the kids are like, uh, fuck, what the fuck? So, like, you notice, like, like six of the kids just, like, kind of back off. Like, eh, we'll stay here and watch you guys do this shit. You know what I mean? Because there's adults around. But you four are pretty much like, fuck these motherfuckers. You four are probably of all these kids, the most steel cojoned motherfuckers at that age. You know, you don't want to go back and quit because this guy pissed off your crush and bullied your crush. So you see Wayne and Shay are kind of like decide they want to go down, like along the side of the house, going down towards the back where like that door that was being knocked on would be. And you see... Alex and Michael kind of look under this little window because they point down the basement. There's like a window well. Michael and Alex go look under the window. They're like looking in the basement. They see your faces are again superimposed down there. Like you're, we're witnessing it from their perspective. You see the two figures come into the basement and you see in this basement, there's a huge pentagram that's, that's on this concrete floor. And you see, at the, at the six, at the five points, there's red candles that are lit. And you see that there's a cage with three barking German Shepherd dogs. And you see Jay, like, kneels on the floor. He's, like, sitting there, like, pulls the, the head of his robe back. And you see Dora goes and gets one of the German Shepherds. And she's sitting there pulling the German Shepherd up. Pentagram. Is it, like, drawn in? Is it, like, like. It's, painted? like, drawn with chalk. Okay. Yeah, painted, painted, excuse me. Yeah. You see Dora like lifts up the, the maw of the of the of the German shepherd and just takes this knife and like slits its fucking like its throat and you see his blood just splashes on Jay Bishop's face, just like drenches his face. And you see he has like this maniacal laugh, but with adult eyes, you see his eyes, you could totally tell this guy's high as fucker, tripping his ball you know what I mean? Like totally like just freaking out, tripping his balls out. With him like screaming and doing this shit, all of a sudden you start 
Dora falls on her face and she just starts like freaking out and starts scratching her face as all this blood is just spilling all over the pentagram. You guys are like, what the fuck? And you guys back off from the window and you start like going up along where there's where Wayne and Che are kind of like looking over the corner, kind of looking at this conversation going. Wayne and Che, you guys see the, a kid version of you guys see a conversation between this chick that you saw just previously in the hut. Che, this is a trick you dreamed about in the future, having a sexual encounter with, and you saw, you know what I mean, a vision of her before, and her and Charlie are talking passionately, and you can hear the conversation. He's like, I know, I know, we're, we're, we'll get out of here. Let's get to the car. I got my shit in the car, and we can get out of here. And she see her smile. She's like, I love you so much. I knew you could do this. He's like, they're high as fuck. They're downstairs. I just want to leave this place. I'm so tired of this place. And you see, like, they grab, he grabs their hand. They go into the garage, you know, because they got to cross a little walkway into where there's, like, the garage thing is open you know and you see that there's an old piece of shit you know car in there and you see him grab her hand you could in like in a way che and and wayne you feel like wow you feel bad that you want to egg this dude's house you know what i mean because you kind of, like you get the sense of like love from these two you know what i mean and it's really confusing and as you see like they get to the front of the car and he turns her he turns around by her arms and he's like i love you so much i knew we could fucking do this and then as he's sitting there all of a sudden you see a figure come out from the other side of the car in the garage and you guys are like, what the fuck? And you can't really make out his features. And all of a sudden, you just see him come behind her. And you see, like, this knife just goes, like, right through. He, like, stabs her through her back and almost, like, comes out through her sternum. At this point, you guys, Alex and Michael, see this happening. You're with them. And you see her just, like, spit blood, like, in, in Charlie's face. And he's like, what the fuck? And he looks behind. And Wayne, now you know, I don't think anyone else knows, that this face is Calvin Welkstetter's face. That's like standing there, you know, standing there. And he has like, he has uh, like an old shitty tracksuit on. Like he wants to wear clothes that he can just burn, you know what I mean? And like, like to, to hide anything. And you see him like, he's sitting there and he's just like ravaging this knife and he's looking over his shoulder at his fucking brother. He's like, is this what you fucking wanted, you motherfucker? And he like sitting there and he's like, he pulls the knife out and he tosses her aside and he sits there with the knife looking at him. He's like, is that what you want? You want me to do that to you, you little fucking shit? He's like, I fucking got to clean up all your fucking messes. And you see him like he's like taking the flat side of the knife. You know what I mean? He's like thumping it in and Charlie's chest. And you see Charlie's like, what the fuck? He has this look on his face. And he's like, you don't go anywhere. You don't escape shit till I fucking tell you that you can go anywhere. And you see him like, whoa. You see his eyes are opening up. And he's sitting there and he looks. And all of a sudden you guys look and you see this figure looking right at you for it. And he says to you guys, he's like, Look, we have some fucking visitors here. And as he, as he says that, all of a sudden you guys are like snapped out of it. And you see like you're, you're smacked along your face. Like, what the fuck? And you see like Brian and Raymond is like, like trying to shake you guys out of whatever trance. And you, you're looking around and you're still in this hut. And like, you got to get out of here. You guys got to get the fuck out of here. And you see them like they start like trying to force you on your knees to like get out of this hut. You guys are like clawing, or, like Brian's kind of dragging. Uh, a couple of you guys, one of you guys, and you guys come outside, you're laying and you're just drenched in sweat and you look up and you can see like it's the night sky again. You're kind of like, what the fuck? And you're kind of just confused and discompopulated and you fucking see like, like you, and when you, a couple of you guys, when you look and you're looking over, you guys are trying to get a sense and you see like Brian on his knees fucking crying. He's just bawling. He's like, she's fucking dead. What the fuck? She's fucking dead. And then all of a sudden, Alex, you sit up and you look and you have this weird, 
gut feeling like in you, like crawling along your spine. It's this feeling like, holy shit, you know, within your very fucking essence that this isn't right, that what you guys just saw is very fucking real, and that this is more dangerous than you thought before. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. <laughs>